John said, even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you to join us here this evening, and we trust that you are here among us. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Every tree that does not bear fruit, good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Woo-wee! That's some preaching. John the Baptist came preaching hellfire and brimstone almost literally. He said that the time was coming. The axe is at the root of the trees. Trees that don't bear good fruit are cut down, thrown into the fire. And so, of course, the crowds asked him, what then should we do? The tax collectors asked him, too, what then should we do? The soldiers asked him, what then should we do? And John tells them what to do. He gives them the law, the rules, the requirements for the crowds. Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. For the tax collectors collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. And for the soldiers, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation and be satisfied with your wages. In that question, what then should we do? You can almost hear the fear. They're trembling, right? Just tell me what I have to do to avoid this getting chopped down and thrown into the fire business. How can I avoid that? And John tells them what to do. Share your coats and food and do your work honestly. But he has said that the axe is lying at the root of the trees. So Merry Christmas. (laughs) The association of this imagery, this fire and brimstone sermon, with Christmas, or this few weeks before Christmas, reminds me of the first line of, I think, a little-loved John Lennon song, Happy Christmas. Perhaps you know this song. So this is Christmas, and what have you done? Now, yeah. That's an odd way to start a Christmas song, isn't it? I think we can agree that it's a little jarring to begin a Christmas song with, so this is Christmas, what have you done? A little intense, but I think John Lennon is sort of on track with John the Baptist, isn't he? And listen, under the law, it's entirely appropriate for John the Baptist to tell the people, the Son of God is coming, get yourselves in order. In other words, in John Lennon's words, Christmas is coming, what are you doing? Are you doing the right things? But I do think that there's something incomplete about the the message that John, the Baptist, is preaching. And I actually think that John himself gives us a clue. After he tells the different groups what they ought to be doing, he says, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John is making it crystal clear that he is not the one. 
right? His word is not the final word. Jesus is coming, and Jesus is greater than John. And he's different than John, too. I want to suggest to you this evening that while John is preaching the law, he's, he's giving them the rules, he's not actually preaching the law as profoundly as Jesus will. In other words, John's bad news, which sounds bad, unquenchable fire and all, isn't actually bad enough. Though he doesn't understand quite how good the good news is going to be. Now, to help us understand this, let's look for a moment at one of the laws that John preaches here in our sermon this evening. John says, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. That's simple enough, right? But Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, goes a little deeper. He says, if someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic, Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. And there it is. On the one hand, we have John's law. If you have two coats, give one away. This is a law we can keep. On the other hand, we have Jesus' law. Don't stop anyone from taking anything from you. This is a law we can't keep. Someone steals your coat, give them something more. See, John thinks he's being so hardcore, right? You brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And then with all that axe lying at the root of the tree stuff. But in the end, John's law doesn't have nearly the teeth that Jesus' law has. So which one are you going for? Well, if you're anything like me, I'll go with John, thank you very much. Give me that new law, the law that I can keep. See, we like this new law because the old law, Jesus' law, is all about perfection, right? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. You, therefore, Jesus says, must be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. You see, John, in this fire and brimstone sermon, is not actually talking about perfection. John is merely talking about pretty good. And pretty good, we can get on board with. I like the idea of giving away my coat if I have an extra one. It makes me feel good about myself. And it lets me stay warm at the same time. And I like feeling good about myself. And I like staying warm. Jesus doesn't seem to want me to feel good about myself. He keeps saying things like, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. (laughs) Can't you just hear John's sort of new law version of this? Be polite to your enemies, he might say. Stay away from those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on the other cheek, don't hit them back. That's much better. That is a law that I can keep. But that's not the law that Jesus comes preaching about. And as you can see, John actually expected Jesus to preach the same kind of 
sermon that he did. Look how he introduces him. He says, One who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then he gets a little more graphic. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. But what John doesn't know is that Jesus is going to preach that old law, the law about perfection, the old law that leads to the gospel. You see, John is sort of the last preacher who doesn't really have access to what the gospel is, who doesn't really know yet just what Jesus is going to do. He points the way to Jesus. He knew enough to do that. But he doesn't quite understand the magnitude of what Jesus is going to be up to when he actually comes. And so John is the last preacher, at least in Scripture, who preached the law and then stopped. He's the last one who tried to save people by giving them something to do, some program to help them save themselves. So this is Christmas, and what have you done? John said, even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not bear good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. So of course the crowds asked him, what should we do? How can we avoid this fate? And he told them. He basically gave them a few simple steps to be good. You might say that John's sermon was very applicable to daily life. But a few years later, while Jesus was engaged in preaching his message, John actually had to send a messenger to Jesus and say, are you the one we've been waiting for? I know I said you were going to be the one, but now I'm a little bit confused. Are you the Messiah? Because you're not doing it the way I thought you were going to do it. And Jesus isn't doing it the way John did. Because John makes the age-old mistake of turning the law, God's holy law, into something we can keep. But the tragedy is that John's law, this law that we can keep, isn't something that can get us anything. Because as Jesus alludes to, only perfection can get the job done. You, he says, therefore must be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Only perfection can save us. And if we water down the law, the rules, the standards, into something that we can keep, we won't know that we need the gospel. We'll forget that only perfection will do. We'll, we'll settle for pretty good. If we don't recognize that we're not perfect, we'll never call out for the one who is. Now Jesus, the friend of sinners, the friend of the imperfect, takes the first step and makes the law worse. He raises the standard he makes it harder. He shows us our need. He shows us what love your neighbor really means. It means so much more than, eh, if you've got an extra coat, give it away to somebody. Love your neighbor as yourself means nothing less than the profound words that make up the command. Love your neighbor 
as yourself. Who can stand in the face of such a demand? Not a single one of us. And you see, we're afraid of a law that we can't keep. And we should be. It makes our salvation dependent on someone else. If we can't do it ourselves, we need help from the outside, and that's scary. Except when that helper is Jesus. You see, John announced the coming of someone more powerful than him. Thank goodness. John pointed the way to one, Jesus Christ, who would first preach an old law, the law about being perfect and nothing less, but ultimately not only preach the gospel, but actually be the gospel himself. You see, the law, the rules, the standards, it shows us our need. It brings us into contact with our failings. It allows us to know the desperation for a savior. Turn the other cheek. Love your neighbor as yourself. Call out for a savior. The good news is that Jesus Christ came to earth to live and die as one of us, not to give us a new set of rules by which we might save ourselves, but to be our salvation. That's why we don't ever have to be afraid. John thought that Jesus would come with his winnowing fork in his hand to clear the threshing floor, to gather the wheat and burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. John envisioned a totally different kind of Christmas where the bad kids, you and me, get a much worse punishment than coal in our stockings, right? Unquenchable fire. But you want to know what Jesus actually said when he actually showed up on the scene? He said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. John Lennon sang, So this is Christmas, and what have you done? The gospel gives us a new song. So this is Christmas. Let us celebrate what Christ has done for us. Amen.